Hello, and welcome to episode 22 of the Vegan Business Tribe podcast with myself, David Pennell, co-founder of Vegan Business Tribe. And if you have a vegan business or you're just thinking about starting one, then Vegan Business Tribe is here to support you and to inspire you, not just to build a vegan business, but to build a successful vegan business. And if you want to go beyond the podcast and connect with our community of like-minded vegan entrepreneurs, then head over to veganbusinesstribe.com where you can attend our online networking events, you can get support, you can even study our vegan marketing course and just be part of a really wonderful community of vegan business people. And we're always really grateful to our members because they are the people who mean I can keep recording this podcast every week and putting out all our content and just generally doing everything we can to help vegan businesses. This is quite a special episode because we're actually celebrating our first year anniversary of Vegan Business Tribe. I know, I can't believe it either. And people who we've been mentioning this to over the last couple of weeks, they've been surprised at how quickly we've built something and become established in such a short amount of time. Most people assume that we'd already been going for years before they found us. And I admit, it has been a whirlwind of a 12 months. But all we've been doing is practicing what we preach. And so I thought it'd be worth sharing what we've learned from this first year, because I know that some of our members really like to learn from watching what we do at Vegan Business Tribe. So how we test things, how we build up audiences, because it's one thing for me to tell you what you should do to build a successful vegan business. But it's another thing altogether to actually show you what we've done that has worked. This is a story of two halves. So first, every superhero has an origin story, right? So I wanted to take a little bit of time just to share ours and tell you where Vegan Business Tribe actually came from. Because if you look at the path that Lisa and I took to launch Vegan Business Tribe, you will realise that people don't just wake up one morning with an idea fully formed, then go out and make it into a successful business. I wish we had. Because now we'd be celebrating our third or five-year anniversary instead of our first. More often, you don't start out with all the pieces. It's like solving a jigsaw puzzle without having the picture on the box to guide you. You've got to find the edges and build the borders up first. But it's also important to realise when you're building a business that you might not actually be starting out with all those pieces. Part of building a business is often finding those pieces. And once you've got them all, it might not make the picture you thought you were going to make. It might make something completely different, or it might make something a hundred times better. Because Lisa and I didn't set out to make Vegan Business Tribe. We actually set out to build a completely different business in the vegan world. But the opportunities we encountered and the people we met once we got started, that actually led us to a completely different place than where we thought we were heading. Now, we could have just not started until we thought we'd figured it all out, until we thought we had all the pieces. But I've built a number of businesses before, and that means I know how important it is to have flexibility on where you're heading. 
Many businesses will say that their success was down to a chance encounter or just being in the right place at the right time. And as you build a business, doors can open that you never even knew were there, especially in the vegan sector and especially more if you're mission-led, just like we are. And even if your business is 20 years old, you should still be constantly adapting it as you learn new information. You should be looking out for those doors opening that you never knew were there. Vegan Business Tribe stories started, just like many people's journey into being a vegan business owner does, when Lisa and I first turned vegan in 2018. Now, at the time, we were already running a successful marketing and business growth agency. And as excited new vegans, we did what every excited new vegan does. We went to every vegan fair and event that we could find, from plant-based live at the London Excel to VegFest UK to vegan campouts to every local vegan fair that was within a couple of hours' drive from where we lived. And one of those was Scarborough Vegan Festival in 2019, which is in the beautiful North Yorkshire seaside town. And it just so happened that one of the speakers at this event was a chap called John Arwin. Now, I'd never met John before, I now consider him to be a very good friend, but he's over six foot tall, shaved head, covered in tattoos, and I'm sure he won't mind me saying he's the sort of guy that you'd step out of the way very quickly if you saw him coming down the street. And to be honest, we didn't actually intend to watch John that weekend. Lisa and I just wanted somewhere to sit down to eat the amazing vegan cakes we'd just bought, and there were a few chairs free at the back of the speaker's room. Now, that year... I think John gave more than 50 presentations around the UK, mostly at local vegan fairs and events. He was averaging more than one a weekend. And I tell you, John is a very powerful speaker. He is an ex-heroin addict. He is an ex-prisoner. He's also an ex-smallholder or farmer. Before he turned vegan, he was raising his own animals to be slaughtered. And he's also the most compassionate person I have ever met. When John talks, people listen. And his presentation on that day was why just being vegan isn't enough. Just opting out of buying animal products, it's a bare minimum. And you need to ask yourself, what are you actually doing to move a vegan course forward? How are you actually helping others turn vegan? Because as John had written on the back of his jacket that day, Compassion without action is just observation. And I'll tell you, by the end of that talk, Lisa and I had forgotten all about our vegan cakes. We both realised that we had to do something more. John Arwen was right. Just being vegan was not enough. It was the bare minimum that we were doing. And that day, we reached the same point in our journey that I have talked with about lots of vegan business tribe members. We knew that we had to do more because when you first go vegan, you start with the food because that's the obvious place to start. And then you look at what you wear, your cosmetics, and then you look at what's around you in your house. But at some point, you also look at how you're spending your time. 
aligning your ethics with how you make a living, it's a real goal for many vegans. And it's also the reason that many start a vegan business or they veganize the business they've already got. And that was exactly the same with Lisa and I. We realized that just being vegan wasn't enough. We had to do more. And I would love to say that Lisa and I just drove home that weekend and decided to launch Vegan Business Tribe on the Monday. But as I said, we start out not having all those pieces. Sometimes you're not in the place you need to be yet. You haven't met the people you need to meet yet. You just don't understand the marketplace yet. And I don't think I've ever met anyone with a successful business who just woke up one morning with an idea, then went and did that idea. Businesses are an evolution, and that's the reason why a lot of people who have a successful business, they've had two or three or even more other businesses before that one that in some way led to where they are today. And Lisa and I, we were no different. We started looking at the skill set we already had, which is helping people grow businesses. And we asked, how can we use those skills, that career capital that we've built up over the years to move the vegan course forwards? So obviously, we thought we would set up a new company helping vegan businesses grow. And that's where we learned important lesson number one. All these vegan businesses that we wanted to help had no money. Now, <laughs> imagine the scene. Lisa and I, who we used to work in on consultancy rates, approaching all these amazing vegan businesses, saying we want to help them with their marketing, to help them grow, and here's how much we normally charge an hour. Now, I won't say we were laughed out of the room, but let's just say that not many people were answering our follow-up emails. However, we were making a lot of noise with the new agency that we'd set up promote vegan and we were making a lot of new connections and we found that the people who really wanted to talk to us was actually not the vegan businesses that we wanted to help but it was the large food manufacturers it was the high street brands who were all trying to get their head around this rise in vegan consumers and they needed help from people who understood it more importantly they were willing to pay our normal consultancy day rates. So that's what we actually ended up doing as our first vegan business, working with brand managers and boards of directors about how they could improve their vegan offerings, telling them what plant-based consumers wanted and how to connect with them better. And looking at some of the vegan and plant-based offerings that are on the high street now, Lisa and I, well, we can proudly say that we played a little part in some of them being there. Now, this wasn't quite where we wanted to be. We were working in the vegan sector and getting large companies to make their menus and products better for vegans. That is really important. And Lisa and I, we still do some of that consulting work. But one of the most important bits of business advice I ever received was you need to align your passion with how you make a living. And yes, We'd changed industry, we'd veganized our skill sets, and we'd moved in a direction to start understanding how we could use our career's worth of business skills to make a difference for a cause we cared passionately about. But we hadn't yet worked out how to fully align that passion with how we were making a living. That was until another fateful day at another vegan event. But this time, 
I was the one who was doing the speaking. Now, in our vegan marketing course, we've got a chapter on how to build up your credibility. And one of the best ways of doing it is by being a speaker. So again, I was just doing exactly what we preach. And if you actually make a plan, you can very quickly go from talking in front of small audiences to being asked to speak in front of larger ones. And it's not just a brilliant way to build credibility, but it's a really good way to extend your contacts. And one such event that I targeted as wanting to speak at was the Plant Powered Expo at the London Olympia. And during a phone call with the organiser, Tim Barford, and, and Tim is an amazing vegan force of nature, and he also runs VegFest UK, and Tim suggested that instead of talking about vegan consumer buying behaviour, which is usually what I'd talk about back then, instead he thought people might be more interested in hearing about how to run a successful vegan business. Now, this isn't what I was pitching to talk about. And to be honest, I knew that that topic wasn't going to bring the people into the audience that I was wanting to attract. But Tim is very persuasive and he is very enthusiastic. And he was also organising a number of other events that I wanted to get into and be a potential speaker at. So I agreed to give it a go. And on the day of the event... I have to admit that Lisa and I turned up with very low expectations of what size of audience and what kind of audience we were going to get because we'd been given the lunchtime slot and I don't know if that was Tim just getting his own back but the lunchtime slot is the dead zone when it comes to events. But when we got to the auditorium before the talk, it was packed. It was literally standing room at the back only. Some people had come to the event just for our talk on how to run a successful vegan business. And after we'd finished, there was a long queue of people waiting to talk to us. So many, in fact, that we had to move out of the auditorium space and into the side area because we were holding up the next speaker taking the stage. That day, we knew we had found our audience. We had just proven that we could give really good advice to vegan businesses, not in a one-to-one -one way that we'd always worked like before as consultants and had to charge a day rate for, but in a collective way. And that's when the idea of Vegan Business Tribe was born. And as a footnote, I'm also happy to say that a couple of people who were in the audience that day, they're still members of Vegan Business Tribe today. Now, what was really important in that story was that Lisa and I didn't just come up with an idea one day and then went out and did it. It was a snaking route to get there. We had to head in a direction and see what happened. And to be honest, Vegan Business Tribe didn't start at that talk I gave at Plant Powered Expo. It didn't even start listening to John Arwen talking at Scarborough Vegan Fair. It started long ago in the previous businesses that Lisa and I have run. The skills that we developed before Vegan Business Tribe, the mistakes and the false steps that we made in previous businesses and learnt from. They were all getting us ready for this venture, and maybe this venture is getting us ready for something else in the future. And wherever you are in your business right now, the same will be true. You are probably not at your final destination yet. 
It is so rare that you find success in the place you think you're going to find it. Version one is not your final product. Version one is what you get feedback from and learn from. And I think that some of the biggest frustrations that we see with vegan business owners is people getting disheartened too easily. When they first launch their venture, and it doesn't become this fully developed, successful business in just a few months or even in the first year or two, they expect version one of their product or service to work like it's version 10. Your first years with a business, it's all about finding out what does and doesn't work. When you look at a successful business, you see that success but you don't see the hard work and the time that went into finding that success. Okay, so Oatly, they were an overnight success, right? Well, they launched in the 90s. It took them 20 years to get to that point where they burst into everyone's consciousness. And that's 20 years of testing, learning, building an audience, false starts, dead ends and evolution. You might look at Vegan Business Tribe and say that we've built up quite a lot in 12 months, but what you're missing is this is my sixth business in 21 years. I've built up an audience for a business with various degrees of success five times before. The first time, I was rubbish. The second time, I was pretty much just as bad. But by the sixth, I've got a bit of an idea of what works. So, once we'd actually discovered the idea of a vegan business tribe, what did we actually do with that seed of an idea? Because I would love to say that after delivering that talk to the standing room only auditorium, that we got the first train home, quit the day job, built vegan business tribe and launched it to the world. But we didn't. And why not? Well, as I said, I've had five previous businesses. I know from experience, it usually takes two years to get a business to the point where it can pay you a wage. And if you're listening to this now because you've got a great idea for a new vegan business and you're thinking of quitting your job to set it up from scratch because you've got six months worth of money saved up in the bank, well, you're either a braver soul than I am or you've never set up a business before. There is no reason to give yourself that kind of stress. And if you do have some savings, don't you think it'd be better to use that to fund an idea that you have, as far as possible, already proven first? Trust me, I have been on too many wild gooseberry chases in the past to think that just because we'd found a good idea, we could turn that into a business. And it had to be a business. Vegan Business Tribe is a community platform, but it is also our business. And the vegan world is full of amazing people doing wonderful things as volunteers. But to make a big difference, you have to be able to give your full attention to something. So if you still need to take a wage, you have to create a financially sustainable, profitable business that can pay you that wage, or you can't keep doing what you do. Your business can't keep helping us move towards this vegan world if it goes out of business. 
Mortgages need paying, kids need feeding, and we've all got bills to pay. And it's very unlikely that you will have the luxury of setting up a business using someone else's money. It's hugely unlikely that you will find one of these mythical vegan angel investors who just likes your idea so much that they throw money at it and they'll pay you a wage for the first couple of years. Investors are looking for a return on their money, even the vegan ones. And most will only put money into something that you have already proven is working so that you can scale it up to work even better. So we knew that we had a good idea and we knew that we had income from our consulting day jobs and that gave us time to build it. And Lisa called this our Robin Hood exercise and it was quite satisfying taking money from these huge non-vegan food companies and high street brands and putting that back into building a platform and a community that helps vegan businesses grow. From experience though, I have learned that the first thing you should do with any business idea before you get too excited about it is to test it. And that's not just, do my friends and family like it? It's, can I sell this idea to complete strangers? So instead of quitting our current businesses, I built a very simple website. And I just built it myself using WordPress and the Elementor page builder. We recorded a quick series of short videos about vegan buying behaviour, and these were based on the talks that I was already giving. So we already had that content in place. And then we made the site so people had to create a free account to access this information. We didn't spend weeks on creating content. We spent a weekend and a couple of evenings. We didn't spend thousands of pounds on branding and building a new website. We just did it all ourselves. Because as you will have heard me say in previous podcasts, you only want to spend real money on something that you have already proven is working. And that very simple website with just a handful of videos and articles on it was our MVP our minimal viable product. It was the quickest and simplest way to get something out into the world to see what people did with it. And to see what people did with it, we needed to get people to see it. And because we'd put a bit of a budget aside to test this, we put that budget into social media advertising and we aimed it at vegans who had shown an interest in business. In that first month, 180 people signed up for a free account on the website. By the end of the second month, we got just over 500. Now, to get that, we spent about £700 over the two months on social media advertising, and that worked out about £12 a day. And I want to be honest about how much we spent, because I don't want you thinking that those 500 sign-ups, they just came magically from spending a couple of quid on Facebook. Now, if I'm going to spend £700 on advertising something I'm testing, I don't just want clicks. I want to learn as much as I can from that £700. So instead of just running an advert and seeing what we got, we made that part of the testing. We ran multiple adverts with different images, different messages and different targeting to learn what worked the best. I made sure that we had all the tracking pixels set up so that we could see which adverts were resulting in the most sign-ups, not just the most traffic. And then we'd reallocate more budget to those until we found the one that performed the best. 
we started running those adverts at £3 a day just to see what results they got before increasing the budget. I tell you, we paid a lot of attention to how we spent that money. Now, in essence, we were paying to prove and build that initial audience, and we were fortunate that we had a budget to be able to do that. And again, thank you to the large non-vegan brands for funding that. As Lisa said, this was our Robin Hood exercise. But as I always say, when you're a small business, time and money, they're pretty much interchangeable. So if we hadn't have had that budget to test all that, and you might be in that position, I know I've been in that position many, many times, then we could have still done it. But we'd just have had to do it the slow way. We'd have hit the Facebook groups. We'd have tried to piggyback other people's audiences. And we'd been happier with a far lower number of initial signups if we'd have got them that way. I'd have probably aimed to get 50 to 100. Or maybe we'd have run the adverts at just £3 a day over a couple of weeks instead of £12 a day over a couple of months. You can always hustle to get what you need as a small business if you've just got that little bit of tenacity. But what building up that initial audience of 500 gave us was a group of people who had been interested enough in learning how to grow a vegan business that they created a free account to see the information that might help them. Now, we didn't need to go as far as asking someone to set up an account. We could have just collected their email address but you can't just measure traffic as intent. You can't assume that just because you can get hits on your website and drive people to it, that you can get those people to then take an action. So to buy or to make an inquiry. You need to make sure that you can at least prove that you can get a minimum interaction from a visitor. Now, we set up the test this way because it was an example of what we were looking to deliver. It was the quickest way for us to get that MVP or that minimal viable product of what Vegan Business Tribe was going to be in front of people to see how they reacted to it. If you're setting up something like a vegan drink business though, you can still do something very similar. So, Instead of spending lots of money on a bottling machine or paying for a website and a brand before you've even got that single customer, hire a stall at your local market, your vegan fair, or even just at a shopping centre and give out free samples. Stop people. Ask them to try your drink and have a conversation with them about what they think. Talk to them about your ideas for branding and pricing. And then, more importantly... Ask them if you could take their email address so you can let them know when it's available and maybe send them a first free order or a discount code. Because if after trying your product, no one will even just give you their email address, then no one is ever going to buy it. And maybe you should go back to the kitchen and start again. And that's what we'd have done with Vegan Business Tribe if we'd have got no signups during that first test. We'd have stopped taken a good look at what we'd learnt, but then tried something else. What we wouldn't have said, or at least I hope not, is this isn't working, so let's spend more. And the only reason that we did spend nearly £700 on that testing was that we could see it was working. But once we had these 500 signups, though, what that gave us was a group of people who we knew were interested in growing their vegan business that we could talk to. Because 
and I want you to answer honestly here. How many times have you just guessed at what a customer might want? Perhaps you started your entire business on a guess of what people wanted. But how many times has a great idea hit you? So you've gone off and you've spent ages making it and then no one buys it. Me, I've done that loads. In fact, I had a whole business that seemed to be just years of me and a business partner thinking that we knew what customers would want and building a series of products and services that no one ever bought or not in enough volume to ever make up for the time and money we put into creating them. And that's why now, every time I have a bright idea, we test it first before putting any real time, money or energy into building it up. And that's what having this initial group of signups gave us. It gave us a group of interested people, of potential future customers, if you will, to find out exactly what they wanted. Now, remember earlier that I said you need to build a financially sustainable business. And so far, we'd not asked people to pay a penny. But by this point, we were adding new content every week and putting out a weekly email. And all this was taking time to create, meaning that it needed to, at some point, start paying for itself. So that's the question we asked this core 500 people. What would you pay for? How much would you pay? How often would you pay? What would you expect to be able to get for free? And what would you pay extra to get access to? What are you looking for that you can't find elsewhere at the moment? What are your problems? What would you pay for that would likely make your business more successful? Most of the people we sent an online survey out to. Others who had already started interacting with us, we set up some Zoom calls. And that surveying exercise told us that everything we were planning to do with Vegan Business Tribe was completely and utterly wrong. <laughs> Our original plan was to create a Netflix kind of model. So we put out new amazing content every week. We would share our golden nuggets of wisdom and that would help people build more successful vegan businesses so they would pay for the privilege. Well, our survey said that only 3% of the people who had signed up would pay for the content. Now, that's quite a blow to take to the professional ego. But fortunately, we'd also asked them what they thought of the content and they all said it was great. But the content is what got them there, not what they were looking to buy. Now, imagine that we'd just gone through with what we thought people had wanted. If we'd have spent months building a website, created months worth of content, put all that behind a paywall and then launched it to the world without testing it first, and we found that no one signed up. Not only would we have lost time and money, but we wouldn't have known why people were not signing up. We'd have just been feeling around in the dark and nothing is more demoralising. Was it too expensive? Was the content no good? Was the marketing wrong? Did we need a different brand? Or was there just no interest? We'd have been thinking, maybe if we just did this, then it would work. Or maybe if we spent time rebuilding that, then it might start to get some sign-ups. And maybe if we just spent more on social media advertising, we might get more results. Well, if our results were zero, times zero by what you like, you will still get zero. 
And if we'd have found ourselves in the situation, the reality would have been that there'd have been nothing wrong with all of those things. It's just that we'd have built what we wanted to sell instead of something that people actually wanted to buy. And that is a classic mistake that many would-be entrepreneurs make. And as I said, no judgment here. I will hold my hands up. It's something I've done myself far too many times. And if I hadn't have done that in the past, then I wouldn't have been in the position to do it better this time around. Now, what the surveys did come back with, though, is a list of the things that people actually wanted. They loved the site and they loved the content and they loved our mission and wanted to be part of that. But content alone didn't solve their problems. And instead, they came back with a list of what they would pay for. And guess what? That became our blueprint for the paid tier of Vegan Business Tribe. And one thing our fledgling tribe said they wanted was a course. They wanted to know how to market a vegan business, how to find more customers. And that course, it took us three months to create. But we created it knowing that we had a waiting audience of people who had already said they'd be willing to pay for it. We kept the weekly content free for everyone because everyone loved it. They just didn't want to pay for it. And that's fine. I'm just glad that we learned that before we tried to build a business around it. So, I'll be honest, that this episode has partially been so when someone asks me where did Vegan Business Tribe come from, I can just tell them, go listen to episode 22 of the podcast and it will save me a little bit of time explaining. But we do genuinely get people asking how we came up with the idea of Vegan Business Tribe and how we got from that idea to a fully-fledged business community. And there is a lot to learn from how we did it, and we forget that ourselves, because a lot of what we've done with Vegan Business Tribe has been the result of the lessons that Lisa and I have learned from everything we've done in the past. So, at some point, I will probably do a follow-on episode where I look at how we went from the first 500 people to where we are now, because I don't just want myself and Lisa to be the only people who are learning from what we're building. But what I will say is the vegan marketing course on the website will actually give you a lot of the tools and frameworks that we use ourselves. And what are we going to do next? Well, if you're part of a tribe, you can tell me that on the next survey. So this has been a little bit of a different episode, but I still want to wrap up with the normal bullet points of what you can take away from how we built Vegan Business Tribe. Point one, you don't start out with all the pieces. As you build a business, doors can open that you never even knew were there, especially in the vegan sector, and especially more so if you are mission-led. And that door might lead your business to a different, better place than you thought you were heading to. Point two, as John Arwen said, just being vegan isn't enough. You need to do something to move the cause forwards. And I don't care if you're vegan for the animals or vegan for the environment. If you believe in the cause, then ask yourself, what is your business doing to move that cause forwards? And if you want to read John's full story, and it is one hell of a read, you can pick up his book, Living Hell to Living Well, from johnarwin.com. And that's John, A-W-E-N.com. 
Point three. When you have an idea, and that idea might be for a new business or to launch a new product or to change direction in your current business, you need to test it first. Create that minimum viable product or MVP and get it out into the hands of people to see how they react. Do that before spending any real time and money on it because you will learn everything you need to know before you do. Can you prove that a complete stranger will buy the idea? Point four, you don't usually find success in the place you think you're going to find it. Version one is not your final product. The early years of business is all about finding out what works and finding out what doesn't. So be open and be flexible to that. It took Oatly 20 years. Now, hopefully it would take you far less. And point five, once you have attracted an initial test audience through your minimal viable product, let them tell you what they actually want. Or if your business already has an audience and a customer base, are you letting them guide you? Or are they just a list of email addresses in your order history? Are you trying to sell what you want to sell? Or are you selling what you know people want to buy? And that is it. So, as I said, I suspect I'll do more about our own journey and what's worked with us and not worked with us further down the line, because we want to be something of a living experiment for our tribe to learn from. And if you want to specifically know more about how we went about building something, then you can get in touch with Lisa and I direct through our mentorship forums on the website, or you can pick up a lot of the tips and techniques that we used by going through the marketing course. And remember, we first built that marketing course on the back of people telling us what they wanted. So you know it's going to have some amazing stuff in there. Okay, just before you go, if you find the information in these podcasts useful, can I ask you a favour? Can I ask you to help us spread the word so that we can help even more vegan businesses disrupt the everyday business scene. And you can do that simply by subscribing. Or if your platform lets you, it would be amazing if you can leave us a five-star review. Even better, share this podcast on your own social media or share it with other vegan businesses that you know. Because the more vegan businesses we can help push animal-based products and services off the shelves, the quicker we can all move towards this vegan world. As always, thank you for listening. I really appreciate you giving me your time. And I will see you on the next one.